Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Janice. And this is The X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. We are breakup coaches here to help you beat your breakup, heal your broken heart, and move on to an amazing, abundant life. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The X-Files. Hi! Today. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Today, we are talking about chemistry versus compatibility. This yeah. is a big thing to talk about because as coaches, we hear again and again about the reasons that breakups are hard for people. And what's often surprising is that a lot of people we speak with um, have been in relationships where they didn't really have the foundations that make for a long lasting, happy partnership, you know, long term. Yep. Have you gone through this yourself, Claire? Um, yes. I mean, I've dated people. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't say like I was in long term committed relationships. I mean, there was definitely one for mm-hmm. sure where it was very clear to everyone other <laughs> the than Trump me boy. at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to talk about the yeah. role that politics can play yeah, in, in relationships. Yeah. Well, it is for some and it isn't for others. Um, but yeah. you need to know that before you exactly. get to deep in. Yeah. Yeah. And it wasn't just the, um, the politics in that situation. I think um, – he looked at the role of women inside of relationships very differently than I did. And that did come out over Mm -hmm. time. So sometimes you do have to invest a little bit of time to actually know someone for who they well I think you need to invest a lot of time and just know (laughs) in the initial months or even year that you're just learning about the other person rather than you know rushing to the the chapel yeah and it's not wasted so just to clarify there yeah oh no and that's definitely not what what I mean it's all you know doing homework and seeing if this is um, going to make it long-term because of how you guys not only get along and how good the sex is, but also just how your lives are compatible and how you see things. Because after, as we're going to talk about after the honeymoon phase ends, all of this stuff just becomes like really real. (laughs) I've wanted to do this topic for a while because I've definitely gone through it a couple times where I got Mm -hmm. really wrapped up in the initial romance yeah and found out after I was already quite invested that like it was never really gonna work (laughs) (laughs) and that if I would have kind of been I don't want to say mature enough but if I would have been capable or aware enough to kind of stop and say whoa wait if this is going to be an issue, maybe we should like take things slow. It would have been, I would have saved myself a lot of heartache. And also as a breakup coach, I hear about this, you know, all the time. So a lot of the things I hear as far as what people struggle with um, during a breakup and when they talk about why they're struggling, because, you know, the relationship was so great. Some Mm -hmm. of the things I hear are, of course, the sex was amazing. Yeah. 
Okay. And so it's very hard, you know, to let go of that. And we can definitely talk about this, you know, good sex does not a relationship make, but this, Mm -hmm. like this got to me a couple different times. And I know against other people, Um, I hear people say that, you know, they could talk really easily with this person or they could talk all night and they haven't had that with anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also heard, I've never felt so comfortable so quickly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. This is all chemistry, okay? Yes, which is chemistry. super great. It's wonderful, it's but this so is one big. part of the puzzle. Exactly. All right. I've heard that we had such a blast together mm-hmm. and wonderful. It's mm-hmm. getting along with someone. My family thought he was great. So I would say that this is borderline compatible, but also a bit of chemistry because again, everyone's just getting along so well, you know, yeah. it just feels great. Exactly. And, and especially when you like their family too, you know, yeah. like you're yeah. kind of like, oh, I like their dog. I like mm-hmm. their family. Mm-hmm. Like I like their friends. I just don't like them so much (laughs) yes and again this is you know attraction that you might have with their family attraction that you might have with the dog you know this is all you know just um people having chemistry with one another exactly and I also hear a lot um things like oh I did so much for them so I can't really understand why it didn't work out and it hurts so bad so again none of this is you know what really makes a relationship that's going to last three four years and and beyond you know I'm not all of this is valid completely but these are things that happen in the initial stages exactly Mm -hmm. yeah it's if your foundation for the relationship is built on these things Mm -hmm. basically right right. just to expect that these are the things that are probably going to fade and take a lot of work to maintain um and will also change um as people grow and evolve and so it's there are other things that long term will be more constant that are like a better foundation yes yeah definitely yeah so these are all perfectly valid reasons um and you know during this phase it's just so easy to get caught up in the emotions and the physical attraction and lose sight of the compatibility factor Mm -hmm. and if you two have enough of the same goals and outlooks and expectations to maintain Mm -hmm. a functional relationship Mm -hmm. I know firsthand how powerful chemistry like can be um like I I mean obviously I've had chemistry with everyone I've dated but you know I've had like (laughs) yeah I mean uh, uh, winning (laughs) yeah winning um you know I've had like insane chemistry where like I can't even eat on the date and that's not something that like happens I'm just Mm -hmm. like so in it that awesome. I was just like yeah so then what would you define the chemistry as being oh um I mean like the feeling like yeah. describing the feeling mm-hmm. oh just like that that obsession mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. of just like always thinking about them yeah and like any little like thing that they're they express that they're into you like go and like yeah. You're like, oh, I got to learn about, about this the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like, you know, they share a favorite book and then you read it like the next week, you know, mm-hmm. um, you're just like trying to like absorb as much about them as possible 
even when you're like not with them. So, so it would be sexual attraction possibly, yeah. but, and then also, um, getting on really well and being able to talk and share things really easily. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, right. Yeah. And a lot of people think that that's compatibility and that's actually, I, I, as I see it, that's chemistry. Yeah. If you can meet someone and just, and talk and talk and talk and share things that's yeah. Having a yeah. chemical response and attraction mm-hmm. to someone. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it also like that can be used in a bad way too. You know, like you kind of, you don't want to give away like too much of who you are and what you're looking for and just be like, here's the guidebook on how to be the, Mm. seem to be the perfect guy for me. You want to like let someone reveal things about themselves instead of being like, here's what I'm looking for. Because then you know, if you have someone who is a little bit more toxic or like, or controlling or, you know, trying to like get in, in like a, you know, they're not looking to actually find someone who's like a good match. They're just Mm -hmm. looking to get with you. Yeah. They can take that information you're giving them and kind of misuse it and seem like they're this amazing guy. And obviously Mm -hmm. that fades out pretty quickly. (laughs) Yes. When this happens. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't pretend to be a different person for that long. True. And um, yes. And just, you know, if you're starting to date again after a breakup, definitely know that, you know, these are things that you reveal about yourself as the person gains your trust. None of this happens even in the initial months of a relationship. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, often when I'm coaching people and counseling friends, we, when we start to get to this phase where I do start to point some of these things out, this yeah. is probably the part, the point in the conversation where I hear the big, butt, and but. then I get, I hear the, we talked or we got on or this, that, the other. And mm-hmm. off, I really hear often this whole thing about, I never felt this comfortable before. Yeah. You know, like there's always this, but, you know, like my situation is the exception. Um, but, <laughs> but getting stuck here can, and as it did, as it has in all of these conversations with this people, with these people, getting stuck in this phase and in this space can lead to a lot of heartache down the road because these feelings are temporary. And, you know, eventually, especially as adults who want, you know, futures with people, um, we will have to face the truth eventually, whether we like it or not, <laughs> about a re- about whether or not a relationship is practical and if it's likely to stay harmonious in the long run. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's so, why we're talking about this is because it's it really is common. And um, I just, I don't think that it's something that people really consider and it's not something that we talk about a lot. I mean, I, I think when it comes to love and this is, you know, exasperated by the, you know, media, when it comes to yeah. love and romance, it's, you know, the initial feelings and yeah. when it's right, it's right. And you, you just know, and that is not the case with, grown-ass people (laughs) who want to be in relationships I mean you think about it like that's why like all the rom-coms and everything well not Mm -hmm. all of them but like most of them it's like takes you from the initial meeting through like an initial problem and then them getting together and then it's happily ever after and Mm -hmm. that's all you see because that's like all exciting and the chemistry and everything but it doesn't 
you know, like we don't have a lot of examples in movies and stuff about what comes after that point when the, you know, excitement and the butterflies have faded away. Or they just skip over it in some movies where, you know, they meet and there's like a montage of, you know, romance and excitement. And then it kind of cuts to like five years later. Yeah. (laughs) Which (laughs) is rare. And there's, a but there is so much work and discovery that, that goes on during that Mm -hmm. time. Yeah. So let's talk about the triangle theory of love. So this is a really cool concept Mm -hmm. to help illustrate this. Crucial concept. Yeah. The theory is, is that if love was represented on a triangle, the top point would be intimacy. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the second point would be passion and then commitment. Some relationships have all three but most only have one or two of those. Yep. So if your relationship has intimacy plus passion, that's considered romantic love, according to this theory. And that's like, you know, I think what a lot of the media and a lot of what people focus on is, is this combination. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Then the like intimacy would be like, no one, like he understood me like no one else. Exactly. Yeah. So intimacy doesn't necessarily mean like sex it means that you will maybe share something with them that you wouldn't yeah with someone else yeah mm. yeah and I guess passion would be like kind would be of probably sexual. sex yeah yeah, uh-huh. yeah uh-huh. would be uh-huh. like attraction the, the fancy dinners the mm-hmm. gifts like the needing to be with that person wanting to touch yeah. yeah if your relation has passion and commitment which this is kind of my thing mm-hmm. <laughs> it's considered fatuous love meaning that there's a high level of infatuation and a strong desire to make it work because of the excitement surrounding the intimacy, Mm -hmm. right? So you meet someone and you're super excited about them. And just before you know it, you know, you're wanting to make it work. Um, So this is the stage that I, and I see a lot of people getting stuck in, in the, you know, honeymoon phase. Like we've got to make it work. I'm committed. I'm going to do this. You know, let's move in together. I'm going Mm -hmm. to, um, yeah, do the work. I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to sacrifice. I'm just going to push through because, you know, this is it. Yeah. And if anyone has had a whirlwind romance before, uh, that would be, that would be this combination. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's, it's more like your connection is based on, on the sexual and also like the wanting this to be the thing between the two of you. And, but you don't really have that same like understanding. We don't have any understanding really. I mean, a lot of people don't even talk about the long-term stuff. Yeah. You know, I do this. I, you know, it's like when your partner or the person you're dating leaves or you guys part ways, you know, for the day and, you know, like this longing, you know, like, I can't wait to see you again. And you're texting all day long Yeah. Um, in the early stages. I mean, there's nothing wrong with texting your partner during the day, but when you've (laughs) kind of just met someone and you're already doing that, you would say that you possibly have fatuous love. So a very high level of chemistry for sure. Mm-hmm. But whether or not there's compatibility, I mean, you don't really even know. Yeah. In a lot of the cases, myself included. Yeah. So another combination is having intimacy plus commitment. Um, and that is what's called companionate love. And this is great, but lacking the passion may lead to dissatisfaction yeah. down the line. Yeah. And have you I've, ever had 
yeah go ahead yeah I've definitely been here and I think that's <laughs> it sucks oh it's, really I think it's so this the would not be thing. my pattern but I've helped yeah. people through it yeah this would be um what am I trying to say? I feel like this is one of the hardest things to end because, you know, you really understand each other. Mm-hmm. It's it's like that feeling of like, we're just such good friends, like yeah. we're best yeah. friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to like, I never want to hurt this person. Like I could totally see our future together, but it's lacking yeah. the like romantic spark. There's mm-hmm. not the the passion Um, And also sex. I mean, have you ever had friends or clients tell you that um, they just feel like their partner's a roommate? Yeah, that's that's another. Yeah, like we're just Mm -hmm. friends or like he's a big brother or like, yeah, that (laughs) one's awkward. You Um, would need to have intimacy to live with someone. Yeah. um, And and be happy with just that. And um, so. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. So it's, it's hard because I think the passion does take the two people working at it because especially for women, um, like novelty is sexy. Mm-hmm. And when you're living with someone for years, you have to work at making sure you're doing novel things. And if yeah. both people aren't on board or even if like, you know, you just don't know that it's something you should be working at. You can think, oh, this, this has to end because, you know, like things are fading away and not really real, you know, just like taking that as a sign that it's time to leave rather than taking it as a sign of like, Hey, let's see if we can have, you know, a sexy stranger night or like, you know, do, do Mm -hmm. things like that where you're, you're bringing in some novelty. This would be a good topic to cover how to keep it hot. I think that what you're saying is true. uh, But as long as this is something that's coming up after you know two or three years if you're yeah. experiencing companion love in kind of the early stages oh that's about you know time. you might say yeah. you know there, there's you know yeah. not any if there's no passion from the beginning yeah uh, yes then maybe yeah. not move, move or, forward. but you know, you're absolutely right if it's something that fizzles after like over time yeah yeah, yeah work over on time it. after like two to three years yes. and this is starting yes. to fizzle then yeah work on it but if you're like you've been dating for a few months and I don't know I mean everyone has different um levels True. of sexual yeah. appetite like uh-huh. it's rare uh-huh. for really rare for people to be on exactly the same level mm-hmm. but you sh- there there should be some some sex yeah. And um, if you're starting to have sex, you should be somewhat excited about yeah. it in the early days. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I am going to say that I'm not, I'm going to stand by that. Yes. You should yeah. be excited in the early days. If you're not, yeah. that's fine, but maybe yeah. not move forward together. Yeah. And if you have all three, then congratulations. You have what is called consummate love and you're likely to go the distance. Mm-hmm. And what people don't, or a lot of people don't realize is that discovering whether or not you have consummate love typically only comes after the relationship has been tested and and reached the balance phase of the relationship. And Mm -hmm. this can take a few years. So there is some time investment, like I mentioned earlier. um, And that's not time wasted, even Mm -hmm. if it turns out that you don't have all three. 
Yep. I um, mean, you now you know, and you need to, or you can go and find someone that you do have all three with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the point is that it takes a lot more than just being attracted to someone or just being able to talk with someone or just both wanting a relationship. Yeah. What we're talking about is you need to have chemistry and compatibility. And yeah, that would be intimacy, commitment, and passion. Woo. And if you really think about it, like everyone stop and think, how many people do you know that actually have all three mm. uh not uh, that many and especially people who are in early-ish relationships yeah and so it's just it's not a recipe for happiness and as we often say we want people to be happy so we want you to think about this yeah <laughs> all right so if we all though do go through the honeymoon phase which we do talk about the honeymoon stage a lot Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what is the problem with having deep chemistry? You know, if this happens to everyone, are we saying that, you know, you should take it as a red flag that you have chemistry with everyone? Um, you know, of, you know, don't we need chemistry to make a relationship work? Don't we need intimacy? Don't we need to be, you know, strongly sexually attracted to our partner? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you, you do, as we were just saying, you know, if you're yeah. not excited about having sex with your partner, that's definitely a sign. Yeah. And <laughs> the problem arises when we get so overly caught up in the honeymoon phase um, that we click with someone and before we know it, that we're reorganizing our lives for them. We're rearranging our schedules to be together each night, even though we live separately. Mm hmm. Yes, I've done it many times or several yeah. times. Um, <laughs> so when we um, go to the initial spark. Of, okay, wait. <laughs> when we go from the initial spark of a relationship to spending, like I just said, most nights together in a week, I'm going to just go on a bit of a limb here and say that if you've just met someone and you're like vibing with them and you start spending the night at each other's houses that soon, I, I don't think that's healthy. I don't think, I know that it's exciting, but I, I don't think that that would be a, a good move. It's, I, th I think it's too much not, too soon. Yeah. N well, not like every night. Like you can have sleepovers. Yes. It's but just, people will yeah. start almost living together within, um, you know, weeks or the yeah. early weeks or, or one person is sleeping over all, all the time. So then you're yeah. not getting really the space to think about what's going on. You know? Yeah, exactly. And you're starting, like you said, reorganizing. Mm -hmm. Like if you have longstanding plans or you have hobbies and things that you find that you're canceling in order to just like hang out with someone and not even do anything, like right. that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I would just take a pause. And you know what? Like 100%, I can pretty much, yeah, 100%. Continuing to do your own hobbies is mm -hmm. only going to help your relationship. If your partner, your new partner is having a problem with you doing the things that you love doing, hanging out with the friends you used to hang out with and doing things like that, that's a big red flag. Yeah. Um, and also, yeah. why aren't they having their own stuff and yeah, exactly. time alone? Yeah, yep. yeah, they need And we're going to talk about um, the things that, you know, the quote experts say are important mm -hmm. for compatibility. And I was actually really surprised to find out that um, the couple's ability to each spend time alone was one of the most common things that counselors and relationships experts said was important for compatibility. 
So oh. we're going to, yeah, talk about, we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. Sure. Yeah. So chemistry and sexual attraction can very quickly cloud our judgment. And so, that's another thing. Yeah. It really can overwhelm the system. Yeah. Yeah. It's just those chemical responses are so powerful. Like, mm-hmm. And, and they are really hard to, to manage. And it's kind of like you, you gain this ability almost through experience. If you haven't had it yet, it's kind of like you have to learn how to do this and learn how to like moderate your, your enthusiasm. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Um, because I mean, I mean, I already said this, but so many people say it like being with them just felt so good. And yeah. it's like, yeah, of course it did. Yeah. But you've got to throttle back at that point or the good is going to turn into yeah. a freaking nightmare before. <laughs> and also you want to make like the honeymoon phase last as long as possible. That's dude. a really good point. You don't want to like much settle. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to like settle into living together and like talking about bills and to-do lists and shit like several months in. You want to have your fun while you can. Yeah. And yeah, Wonderful really enjoy point. that like mm-hmm that feeling of longing when you're not with them like yeah. really mm-hmm. lean into it and be like wow isn't this so cool how much yeah. I want to be with this person mm-hmm. it's so nice um yeah so you know just remember like so much of what we talk about is like brain chemistry with breakups and the same thing when you're getting into a relationship those chemical responses cause us to cancel plans act irrationally <laughs> throw our personal goals and plans out the window do all sorts of other things that feel wonderful in the moment, but like quickly turn our lives upside down. And this is when you can kind of like look back once you're out of that cloud of like the love potion almost, you're like, mm-hmm. what the fuck was I doing? Exactly. And so <sighs> many people do it and yeah. I've done it. So I have. Yeah. No, we've <laughs> both been there. Like, trust me. <laughs> um, so I've had a couple semi-recent experiences with this, um, having the chemistry really strong in the beginning and the compa- and then realizing that the compatibility compatibility wasn't there at all yeah um and you know as everyone who listens know I'm happily single and one of the reasons I decided to take a break from dating is because I realized that this was a pattern that I just I just I kept on repeating over and over even Uh when I would get to a place where I thought that it was behind me I would start dating someone and the excitement would just I would just get swept away by it and so after the last time I just said, all right, time, time to stop yeah. <laughs> for, for a little while. And it's um, good which, to be excited. Like I wouldn't say you have well, to like, I'm gonna tell not feel stories. excited. Um, it's just like having the wherewithal to not act on it all the time. Yes. Yeah. It's, and yeah. it takes a lot of um, willpower. <laughs> yeah. And so, it's um, also like, the the initial chemistry is what like you and your partner will refer back to as time goes on like those that initial story of you coming together like it has to be a really positive experience because it's it is part of what the long term is built on like you know you should be able to like be nostalgic together and be like oh remember when we did that and like you know so we're not saying like oh you should go date someone you're totally bored with um yeah. 
just take things one step at a time. Yeah. You don't move from being attracted to someone to, you know, make planning your future together or moving in together. Like there's many steps in between is I think what our, one of our major points is. Yeah. And so Um, I had two semi-recent, like in the last five years, I've done this twice (laughs) and, you know, and people wouldn't think that I do this, but I do, or I did, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. (laughs) So in one case, a classic case. So I had been friends with someone who had from the beginning always wanted more, but I had said that it wasn't going to happen because I didn't feel, you know, the same attraction that he did. Um, But he had decided, you know, which I thought you know, several months in was kind of romantic. He had decided, you know, he's just going to stick with it. You know, he's not going to give up, <laughs> you know? And so we spent more and more time together because we were in the same social group. And, you know, eventually, you know, we're hanging out all the time and we did, you know, it was kind of like one of those one thing led to another type situations. And we, yeah, did become intimate. And once that happened, like I just threw everything I knew to be wrong about being with him out the window, just like overnight. And because the sex was just like so good, which I'd Uh never really, I just, I hadn't really gone there in my mind, but once it happened, I mean, it was like, I was just willing to, you know, give up everything. You were like, I yeah. To, uh, kind of, yeah. And I was just b- completely blinded by the fact that, like, for instance, I am also childless by choice. He had three kids. I did oh. not see myself being a mother to, you know, three boys of this age. Uh-huh. And I just like, like sort of decided I was going to put that aside. Um, he was actually kind of socially awkward and that, that was awkward for me as well. Like there were times even when we were friends that I felt a little weird, you know? Um, And also this is something else that I hear a lot. Um, His ex had uh, accused him of things that I wasn't even sure were true or not. And I, this is kind of beside the point, but when a person's ex has, you know, said things about them or made accusations, I'm not saying believe everything, but you need to take these things into consideration and not just say, well, I really care about this person. How could he possibly... Um, yeah. you know, um, and at least get to know the situation and the person better. Um, so also a lot of my friends didn't really like him, like not mm. just one, like a few. Yeah. Um, also he didn't really have very many friends. And also I've mentioned, uh, before that I had an ex that kind of stalked me and this was <laughs> this person. <laughs> um, hey. so I know, <laughs> but I got really wrapped up in just the excitement of the relationship and the fact that, you know, he had continued to pursue me, which I, you know, kind of convinced myself was romantic. And, you know, really we were talking full on about moving in together, doing all of this stuff. There's no way I would have been happy even in a year. Yeah. And, yeah. It really, it ended up hurting both of us because of it. So then a couple of years later, after I thought that I had done a lot of, well, I had done a lot of work on myself. Yeah. <laughs> but I did almost the exact same thing. I fell like deeply, deeply into lust with another one of my friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Within about a week of us kissing for the first time, we were spending almost every night together. I'm not kidding. It can happen yeah. that fast. And because we were spending so much time together, I did actually, I had enough self-awareness by this time that I did start to see lots of things that kind of were not really weird, but kind of bugged me and that I thought would be hard for me to deal with long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, just in the excitement of it, I would just push everything um, away. And I just kept going. And, 
and things did fall apart and it was really painful for me. Oh, mm. so yeah. it can happen to, to all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I know that's, that's so painful. And you just like, look back and you're like, I totally knew that was going to be an issue. I just didn't want to think about it at the time. So I didn't, um, it, it's just really hard to put the brakes on something when the, during the excitement and especially yeah. when there's, you know, sex involved and <laughs> physical yeah. chemistry and yeah, all of it. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's important that you do. Yep. So is our point that chemistry and sexual attraction are bad? No, like we want that for you. We want that for ourselves. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. What we <laughs> want to get across is that when these dynamics are so intense and it's like kind of the only thing, you know, um, it's really, really important to take things slow so that you can get to know whether there are those other points of the triangle mm-hmm. that will help you yes. have like a foundation for a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want. Um, yeah, I guess yeah. if you just want to fling, go with it. But yeah, I think that yeah. That it's very hard to, uh, yeah. you know, especially if you're living in the same area, it's, it's very hard to just kind of say this is just going to be for a month and that we're not going to yeah. get emotionally invested. But you know, yeah. if you can do it, you know, props. <laughs> yeah, props. Um, yeah. So unfortunately, taking it slow is often the complete opposite of what people want to do mm-hmm. when this is happening, but it'll serve the relationship long term if you do. Yep. So, for instance, looking back, the first time that I felt the overlonging or the overwhelming longing for the person. So the last relationship that I told you about. So we Mm -hmm. actually got into such a a pattern so quickly that he actually started dropping me off at work within the first like couple of weeks that we were together. Mm -hmm. And I remember very specifically one of the second or third times that he did it. And I also hated my job as we talked about last night when we saw each other. But (sighs) I remember one time that he dropped me off and I just felt like, oh, you know, don't leave. I just, I wanted to just be with him all day and just feeling like, you know, I'm watching the clock when he's going to pick me up. (laughs) So yeah, romantic. And yeah, I guess kind of sweet, but I, okay. So now, and I can definitely say this and, you know, potentially we'll be able to document my dating journey on the podcast, but yeah, (laughs) if I felt this with someone now, I would say that I need to step back. I would tell myself that I need to spend that night alone. I would, you know, tell myself that we need to talk about the direction that this is taking, what we both want, and maybe make, you know, some rules for myself as far as, you know, spending at least a few nights alone. And that this is things that lots of people, like, you know, emotionally mature people in relationships do. And um, that's what I would, you know, suggest to someone who's feeling this, you know, overwhelming chemistry with someone. Yeah. And also, like, a lot of these, like, questions and like where are we going with this the directions Mm -hmm. yeah they're not exactly like uh impossible to bring up like Mm -hmm. you know you should be able to yeah you should be able to talk about this and like you know um and and the responses in that will tell you a lot um and it might still be hard to make a decision because because of the chemistry Uh, but you need to know that now. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. 
So I just want to point out that it does take some experience in order to learn about yourself and Mm -hmm. what is important to you. So if you have done this or if you, you know, you've maybe we have some listeners who are just going through their first breakup ever. Um, just remember like you, you sometimes just have to try things and you sometimes have to make those mistakes to be like, Oh, that was fun. First love. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, I want to do things differently next time, or maybe three times from now, you know, sometimes you, you, get the same lesson over and over until yeah. you learn it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just I've know also that heard this. Go on. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So just know like this is this is about an evolution of you as a person and your learning. It's not about beating yourself up for the past. Um, it's just about being introspective and becoming aware of your patterns and your past experience without having like guilt and shame about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you can then bring those lessons and desires into your future. So you did what you needed to do to get here and you can choose at any time to start living for yourself and choose your future partners from that perspective. Yes. We're talking about conscious, um, selection, intentional selection. And really, I mean, we're talking about your, um, your partner. I mean, you should be putting lots of thought and intention and Mm -hmm. selectivity into this, you know, really think about it. I mean, this is someone that you might be with for years, Mm -hmm. you know, when it comes down to it, it doesn't really make quote sense to just let yourself make a decision because you just, you know, love the sex or love the conversation or just feel the attraction. Mm-hmm. You know, you should be putting tons, you should be months and years in, <laughs> into this decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So um, what does it mean to have compatibility as well as chemistry with someone? All right. It's not just about taking it slow. I mean, that's a part of it. And it's not just about making sure that you get along well over time. There is a lot of really important practical factors that are important in relationships. And I know that some people might find this boring and that unfortunately it's not all about roses and and sex and holidays, but there are practical aspects to consider. So in preparing for this episode, I did so much reading by counselors, relationships, experts, and I made quite a long list that, but I think we'll have fun discussing it um, on things that these people think that you should um, consider when deciding if you're going to couple up with someone. And so the list that I made are the things that came up over and over and over again. And I also think that we don't talk about this enough, like I said, and that I think that they're all worth mentioning, um, so that the people listening can take it with them yeah, um, to their next, hopefully healthy relationship. And really, given how life-altering a relationship can be, both good and bad, it's worth the time and energy mm-hmm. to consider all of this. So let's dive into those relationship compatibility factors. <laughs> <laughs> We're being very uh, prescriptive here. And, uh, yeah. But I, yeah, like I said, I think it's important. And also, just before we go into this, we're not saying that you need to be compatible and see eye to eye on all of these yeah. things. This is just, these are just things that you need to consider. Yeah. So some things, of course, you, you know, are going to be off and others are going to be straight on, mm-hmm. uh, but th- it's just all, all things that should be factored in. Exactly. And, and you'll also yeah. have a hierarchy for yourself. That's completely for you totally. about which yes. of these is actually the most important to you 
which things Mm -hmm. you are willing to be different on. So, you know, and that'll vary person to person. Like you may have like a religion thing that is 100% has to match for you, but like for someone else, they're like, yeah, I'll convert to yeah. you know something else <laughs> <I'll> like <convert. laughs> yeah and we're gonna talk at the end of the list as far as what to do with this list as you mm-hmm. you know continue to date so yeah. let's dive in Woo. important areas of compatibility in relationships okay and I also want to say some of this might seem silly but as we talk about it I think people will start to understand the first one being a good example Uh okay so number one timeliness and punctuality okay (sighs) this came up a lot and okay so let's talk about it this means if both of you are laid back and it's not that big of a deal if you're kind of late that's Mm -hmm. cool if one of you is super punctual and it's a huge pet peeve of the other person if someone comes late if you can uh, or if they don't like for you to cancel plans Mm. you might want to consider that if your partner doesn't mind being late and it drives you crazy from the beginning that you guys this might be an ongoing issue in the relationship yeah or you know like just the unwillingness of either person to be flexible in it you know because I guess apparently for some people this is just part of their personality yeah and I guess I would say for me I'm I'm just am I yeah I've had friends where it's like not even (laughs) right and then they don't even care I mean I I, seriously and I yeah I think for some my parents are that way how yeah they don't care yeah they're just like to me yeah two hours late doesn't matter like (laughs) so for me I wouldn't I don't think I'd be able to to deal if someone just didn't care or, and yeah. I ha- actually have had a partner that just came late and was just like, so, and for me, I just like felt devastated, you know, like this doesn't, yeah, matter. you're like, like, I've been waiting here. <laughs> like, right. I plan my whole day around this. <laughs> like, yeah. So, you know, so, so things, things will vary there. So another mm-hmm. factor that came up a lot was families. Um, yep. Each trying to like each other's family, if that's what you want, um yeah. and like I've had um someone I dated who complained about their ex um because their ex wanted them to hang out with their family without them. They wanted them to just come over and hang out with their mom and dad oh, wow. when they were at work. They were like you should be able to be friends with my family even if I'm not there. Oh, and for them wow. it was a deal breaker. Um and obviously this person didn't understand that perspective at all. So, but you know, I think some people would be totally down with yeah. that. And then the, and also, but in, in the situation that you're referring to, then the flip side would also need to be true that she then would be willing to hang out with his family without him. Yeah. You know, like you would need to see eye to eye on these things. Yeah. And then also exactly. maybe both of you aren't really that close with your families. And so you don't care. And yeah. so then ser- still though, you're seeing eye to eye on it. Yeah. And so if one person may be a super close with their family and has these ex- expectations and the other person doesn't, this could be something that could become a major issue. Trust yeah. Me. <laughs> and uh, like another thing that's very tricky, and this is something that comes up like later in life is like, um, as your parents age, like, are they going to come and live with you? 
Oh my, like this couple, would be like a lot of, yeah, I mean, that's like, how are you going to know? Like no one has a plan for that, but it is something to kind of think about if you're like, I cannot stand her parents. Exactly. This is the plan that uh-huh. when, as they age, they're mm-hmm. not going to go to an assisted living yeah. home. They're going to stay mm-hmm. with us. Like that can be very, very yes. hard. Yeah. Um, if you just really don't like yes, their so family what you would I guess need to look on early on or look at early, what you would need to look at early on <laughs> uh-huh. is if you can't stand this person's family but you're this person is really close to their family and yeah. wants to you know be doing things all the time yeah which is completely valid but That's I would say true. really keep your eyes open to that because these yeah. are the time that is especially when it comes to families, this is the type of thing that can turn into huge fights and huge tons of, uh, you know, ulcer causing, you know, trauma. Yeah. It's true. Um, All right. So then of course, one of the obvious things to look for as far as compatibility goes and things that you should be talking about in the, you know, six months, year time period is Oh, you're right. No, I'm just, it's, it just happens occasionally. <laughs> All right. Obviously you need to be talking about your future plans and goals. Mm-hmm. So obviously the kids thing is a big deal for some people, not as much for others. Where do you want to live? All right. Do you want to own a home? Some people are really into home ownership and see this as something they must accomplish. Some people do not care if they keep renting. You might just want to see how big of a deal breaker that is um, mm-hmm. for each of you. Pet ownership, for instance, are you going to be devastated, you know, two years down the road when your partner still doesn't want to get a dog? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like if they're like, we'll never have animals. And yeah, and it's important <laughs> to you. I mean, again, yeah. perfectly valid and yeah. something to talk about and look at. Yeah. Um, I want to add one more thing to that is how you look at money, like spending money um, versus uh, that, yeah, saving money. You know, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> awesome. So next up, we have cleanliness and orderliness. A deal breaker <laughs> for some and not yes. for others at all. Yeah. <laughs> I would say for me, for instance, this would be something I'd be looking at in the early days. I, yeah. I wouldn't, I just, I, I wouldn't be able to, I, if someone wasn't going to pitch in, if someone wasn't going to share the responsibilities, yeah. if someone just didn't care, which is fine. Some people don't get bothered by the things that I get bothered about. Yeah. But it makes me happy to have a clean home. Yeah. So I, I need that. I just know that I do. We've talked about the laundry dude many times on the show. Um, Mm. you've talked about, you know, sheets and, you know, bathroom cleanliness and all of that. I think we both, yeah. Uh, you know, this, this is something that, yeah. (laughs) And I would add to that is a thing for you, not as much, but the other stuff. (laughs) So but, but maybe you need a guy who doesn't mind, um, helping out with the dishes. Yeah, it, that's 100% it because um, I will literally, I will deep clean my entire house before I do the dishes. <laughs> I hate doing the dishes oh, and so it's one of the first things I tell people when I date them and mm-hmm. I let them know, you. Mm-hmm. this will annoy you. Um, or you can go into it and know that I'm, I will literally do every other chore. 
Um, <laughs> Fair enough. You know? and, I mean, th- certain things should be split up and there's yeah, really nothing yeah. wrong with Yeah. And with so that. the splitting up is something to just attach to that. Like yeah. if, um, if a male has an old fashioned view of the domestic roles, exactly. mm-hmm. That could be an issue. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and the only thing they're going to help out with is taking out the trash, whereas you want to split up everything. Yeah. Again, maybe not a deal breaker to some would be for me, but yeah, right. would be for me too. <laughs> and, you know, you might want to also look at how they live. So, which I have done and I have full on stopped dating someone because of how dirty his place was. Yeah. Yeah. I've All actually right. heard that too from clients. So. Yeah. Well, it's good. It's healthy though to do that. And th- yeah, this is one. Yeah. One of the things I did that was very healthy in dating someone. All right. So, <laughs> okay. Another thing that's very important as far as compatibility goes, communication styles mm. and being, and being able to have arguments in kind of a healthy way or in a way that, you know, vibes with you. So, you know, is this person willing to listen to you without blowing up? You know, do mm-hmm. they even want to listen to you like is talking even important and this is another thing sometimes when people get caught up in the sex and the chemistry and the attraction you might find that you're not even really having conversations and that when one of you tries to you know talk about relationship issues like the other person just doesn't even want to do it so Mm -hmm. keep your eyes open for that so is the person willing to negotiate when you know something comes up where you kind of both see it differently is the person willing to accept responsibility, you know, perhaps if they hurt your feelings? Um, how does this person handle anger? And also, like I was just saying, how are they, how able are they to even talk about anything sensitive? You know, yeah. some people really don't want to talk about anything that makes them uncomfortable. And some yeah. people are really into that. So yeah, might not work long-term if you're not seeing eye to eye on communication. Yeah, that... Um... That's definitely something I've dealt with that was quite painful. Um, And that was just like not being able to like um, share like deeper things or have deeper discussions or Mm -hmm. when something was brought up, it was kind of like, okay, can we change the subject now? And it's like, but I kind of wanted to like get your take on it and like have some reassurance, not Mm -hmm. just like, okay, I agree. Like, let's go do something else. This is painful. Like, you know, so that kind of avoidance. um, And I've kind of been in a similar place, but um, one example that I can think of that that's a little similar to this is I dated another person who it just was like these deep and meaningfuls needed to happen all of the time. Mm. Even if there wasn't even anything really going on, he just would somehow find a way to make it so significant. And I just felt kind of exhausted. Like we were just, con- mm. those things were just constantly coming up. Heavy. And it's like, yeah, we're so not even opposite. Arg- yeah. And I just, I can't do this. Like, why do we have to talk, like have these deep conversations, you know, all the time, every day, like we're just hanging out and you've got like a thought comes into your head or it's making you think of, you know, wanting to have a deep conversation. And I'm just like, I just want to have fun, please stop. And we, yeah. and we weren't compatible because some people, yeah. some women would be like, yeah, yeah (laughs) sit down and talk and for me I like sometimes I just really didn't want to it really Mm -hmm. got to me Mm -hmm. different styles yeah so I mentioned this earlier because I didn't look two things ahead (laughs) money and spending Mm -hmm. (laughs) so 
if your ideas about money are vastly different, like if one person is like super into Dogecoin and the other one's like, no, <laughs> you can't put $5,000 into Dogecoin. Are you kidding me right now? Um, then yeah, yeah the money issue. thing is way more complex than it may seem. I mean, it could be anything from how much you like to save, how much mm-hmm. you like to spend at dinner, how much yeah. each of you wants to split things up. Going uh, out to dinner even in the first exactly. place. Exactly. And, yeah. uh, and how much you each talk about money. And this is yeah. my thing. I If I'm going to go out to eat, for instance, or go shopping, I just want to go and enjoy it. And it costs what it costs and I'm just yeah. going to go with the experience and I'm not going to really dwell on the cost and bring it up later and sit at the restaurant and talk about it whereas yeah. you know some people just are constantly talking about how much everything costs and I yeah. hate it but okay so it's not bad it's just I don't enjoy dating people who do that yeah and um, the, la- the last relationship that I mentioned he was the it's a topic of conversation constantly person yeah yeah and that's something oh sorry oh no it's just go ahead (laughs) Um, (laughs) that can evolve too um Mm -hmm. you know like if the job situation changes or something for your partner Mm -hmm. um you know like you may find that at first they were like you know everything was kind of low stress about money and then now it's like very high stress about money because there's not much of it and that's really that's a hard thing to navigate um yeah, yeah. I think you it's know, more about having conversations about what's going on for you rather than just kind of like a a personality style or a money style yeah you know because I've known people even who had plenty of money who would still you know two weeks later when like something about the dinner comes up yes they're saying oh I expect this Venmoing you for the dollar fifty because you rented (laughs) a movie for three dollars for date night Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. yes yeah I would not appreciate that if someone did that for a date No, me neither. I'd be like, I'd rather just cover it. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I think, I mean, that's just always how I've been. But I mean, for for instance, this guy that I was dating actually brought up this um, idea of this app that a couple would share where every time they do something together, they put in who paid what. And he brought it up to me and he said, you know, this will help us to not get stressed about who's paying for what. And I said, I will never be stressed about that. Like, but he thought it was very normal. Oh my God. I know. Wow. But see, I should have just said, I really need to reevaluate things because we see so differently on this. I am relaxed. I will like, I'm happy to treat when I want to treat you treat when you want to treat. I, it just makes it more fun to me rather than like constantly dwelling on the money. But for Mm -hmm. him, he needed that. It made him feel more comfortable. Not compatible. yeah some people are like who is this guy can I have his contact information because that sounds great but no exactly (laughs) I'm definitely not saying that you know my way is better yeah it's just a completely different way of of seeing yeah things all right so drum roll sex and intimacy so (laughs) okay this is something important to um gauge in the you know initial year or two of the relationship yeah so what are we talking about so your drive does one person you know need or want sex way more than the other yeah um 
preferences, there is a wide world as we explored in the 50 shades of gray episode. Yeah. There's a wide world of different um, sexual preferences and ways to be, you know, sexually intimate with your partner. And some people are going to be into stuff and some aren't. And for some people it's more important than it is for others. So these are things that you need to be talking about and um, experimenting with and learning about. And yeah. Mm -hmm. What did you say? Um, don't try it unless you buy it or wait, don't. (laughs) Yeah. Don't buy it until you try it. Yes. Try it before you buy it. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So a word on drive as well is also how your partner acts when your drives are not in alignment because chances are you're not going to be in alignment because that's really hard to manage. And then also like different seasons of life that's going to fluctuate. Like, for women as a generalization here obviously there's exceptions but for women when they get stressed they want sex less and when men get stressed they generally want sex more Mm -hmm. so it like kind of you know you want to make sure that um those um inconsistencies between the two of you are like handled in a healthy way a respectful way that makes the two of you both feel like you're still like cared for yeah um you know you don't want to be like constantly guilted into things or you know just yeah and there's also like other ways to make sure that um you're each getting what you want without like necessarily having to like do the dirty you know um (laughs) yeah and again things that you learn about each other over time and experience yeah and I guess like another thing could be like porn usage or something in here exactly and that's what I think that would probably fall under preferences yeah is one of you really into it and one of you repulsed by it or yeah yeah, so many things so many things yes and you are not going to know because I I think with some people my my myself being a perfect example uh-huh. like I said earlier when there's the when the chemistry is strong and you begin having sex sometimes you get really wrapped up in it for a month to you know yeah. and it's like you can't get enough but yeah. that is not sustainable <laughs> and so before you make any life-changing decisions you need to you know kind of ride the wave <laughs> yeah and then see what happens when it will inevitably you know start to uh get normal yeah <laughs> when you're stabilize. not yeah, stabilize sex stabilization yeah and see what happens yeah and enjoy the you know can't keep your hands off each other yeah. period totally that's enjoy it. amazing but, but no it won't always be like yeah that. and that you're gonna need to see see how things go when it when it fades a little yeah and that that's a really beautiful thing in a way you know and mm-hmm. for some couples when you know they start to kind of get into a rhythm with life and the sex um isn't as frequent you can really start to learn a lot about each other in that time period and it can be really great I mean this is a lot of times when the friendship builds and also yeah. when you maybe you find out that this person is going to you know have a hissy fit if you're you know decide you don't want to have sex oh god consideration oh my god or maybe you have a hissy fit when they don't want to have sex there yeah (laughs) so all things to know and that's why you know the first two years are just you know really great it's all Mm -hmm. research research (laughs) yep uh political views yeah let's talk about it yeah how important are your views to each of you um 
some people might not yeah. care. All right. And, and no, that, I, the, yeah, people I'm, are out I'm there being open to that possibility. <laughs> so <laughs> but see, but I like both of us might uh, date yeah. someone or meet someone who do- doesn't care. And we would find that repugnant, you know, because we yeah. do care. Yeah. <laughs> so and that, you know, like be a match. That's the thing, too, is is you can be um like in the same political like party mm. and have different levels of involvement too you know like one of you may be like oh i need to go and march while the other one is like no i'm just gonna vote i I just i just don't want to like maybe like they're like yeah i'd be more liberal but i just like don't feel like educating myself and Mm -hmm. i don't feel like i can even make a difference you know that could even Mm -hmm. be like an incompatibility there and then you can have serious incompatibilities yeah yeah which I don't even know and how how people do it but you know Uh, like we just saw um you know obviously the last election here in America was quite divisive and I don't know I don't I if okay I haven't asked you this if there was a Trump and Biden couple out there who was passionate about their convictions and they've stayed together I would love to hear from you don't Mm -hmm. think that it was that possible and also we have a ton of overseas listeners yeah (laughs) might not understand exactly why we're even talking about this um because you know these things aren't as divisive in other countries but they are here yeah I mean I the yeah. Uh, other countries have different political systems that are also starting to get a little more mm-hmm. extreme. And yeah. so maybe it's um, you're you're seeing something similar happen in your country, but I'm not going to get into it. But mm-hmm. <laughs> basically, yeah, um, I think that views. this would be more of a very early thing. I think this would be something that you'd find out about. Yeah, really you would early know on. pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. In this country, at least it, in like, this you country, would meet someone and know. Almost, you know, you start. Yeah, (laughs) there's some signs. (laughs) Right. All right. So we're not gonna get too much into this, but yeah, political views, compatibility issue. All right. So I like this one: life priorities and tempo. This comes up a lot. Yeah. So, for instance, your schedules. We talked about this last night. Your sleep Um, schedules. Right. (laughs) It's not impossible, but you know, like if you're like, I need to get to bed at this certain time, like, and you know, you're both very firm in your schedules and Mm -hmm. you can't find any way to like find a system that works for the two of you, then yeah, it it would be a deal breaker. Yeah. 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 Potentially um you know okay so this is a good one um so as far as tempo goes your energy and desire around work Mm -hmm. you know like how um, important is you that you're at your desk all day how important is you that you're you know advancing um yeah career Mm -hmm. yeah exactly are you kind of just drifting or you know and the other one has a nine to five you know things like that yeah Um, do you keep normal work hours and the other person um you know, wants to work all the time. Yeah. Uh, and, and like we have said this whole time is it does depend per person. I know, you know, there, there are couples out there where the guy works a part-time job and works on the house and the woman is the breadwinner. Yeah. Yeah, and completely. It's- if that 
you know, if she's cool with that, then you're good to go. Um, you know, it's, I think it's when like jealousy or, um, like feelings of inadequacy or feeling like you're mothering your partner, Mm -hmm. like these can all be like connected to like your working energy, desire, devotion. Yeah. Yeah. And, and how you each feel about it. And, you know, and this kind of leads in um, to the other thing related to priorities and tempo is, you know, relaxation. And how do you each feel about relaxation? Mm. And what does that mean to you? So a good example would probably be on the weekend, if your partner is always answering emails, and to you, that is, you know, something that you don't want around you. And, you know, if you expect relaxation to mean that the two of you are spending time together, and the other person is, you know, checking emails and texts and doing work. So I, I mean, this is just for some people that makes them happy for some people it doesn't and long term, this could end up causing causing problems. Yeah. And for some people not, but it's just, you know, things to look at, you know, in the early days of a relationship, if your partner's on their phone on the weekends doing work stuff, is it irritating? Is it triggering to you? True. I mean, I think for me, this would probably be a bit of a, I don't know, actually, because I like to have my alone time on the weekend. So maybe if my partner was working, I'd be like, cool. Yeah. Right, so I don't know. But I, I definitely know that I want to be with someone who can, we can have some downtime or vacations without work and stuff like that. Yeah. Right. Um, so another is outlook on life. Are you a pessimist? Yes. Are they an optimist? Mm-hmm. So Do you not understand their perspective mm-hmm. on things, especially when things are going wrong. You're like, dude, you are stressing me out so much more than I would like to be like, you know. Yeah. yeah. This would probably be a big thing for both of us. Yeah. You know, if yeah. someone was saying, what's law of attraction? What's manifesting? That's, you know, that's dumb. What, yeah. You know, like, don't tell me to think positive. Don't tell me to put a, you know, positive spin on this. Um, yeah, might not you know, or or if something goes wrong and they just like lay down and take it and complain the whole time instead of being <laughs> like, okay, like here's the situation, here's some some possible ways we can fix it. Let's take some action. You know, yeah. So but some, yeah. that's just how some people are. You know, yeah. I know a couple. It's like some couples who you know they complain a lot and they both do and they buy exactly. They're it. compatible. Well, that's um. totally cool. But for me, I I I don't think so. Yeah. And you know, someone would probably could date me and say she's too cheery and positive and yeah, you know, weird and woo woo. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So this is kind of an obvious one that I don't know that we need to talk about too much, but something that also would probably come out in the beginning, spirituality and religion. And again, mm-hmm. you know, perfect example, you know, I'm very spiritual, so, you know, if someone didn't respect that, probably not for me. You know, how mm-hmm. important is your religion to you? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And you don't have to like, I mean, especially with like spirituality and like law of attraction and all the like woo woo stuff. Um, like you're, you don't have to like force your partner to be doing affirmations with you every morning. (laughs) It's more that they accept that you're doing it and they're they're supportive. Um, Mm -hmm. and they're not like, you know, making fun of you or yep. something for yep. it, yep. Like, which uh, can can definitely happen. And yeah. something that should probably be a red flag. If anything that's important to you is something that you know this person is finding to you know to belittle. No, yeah, away. come on, that could no, no, I know, but it happens. This person's supposed <laughs> to have your back. <laughs> totally. <laughs> 
So, all right. So another thing is time apart. This came up, like I said earlier, a lot. I wasn't expecting that, but this is a big deal. Yeah. You know, first of all, the ability to do it, Mm -hmm. um, your expectations on how much time you each want, um, what time apart involves. Like if they're like, no, I'm sorry, you can't, like, I don't feel comfortable with you going, you know, I don't know, to the rock climbing gym um, without Very specific example, but I agree. Yeah, <laughs> specific. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. <Aww. laughs> um, yeah. So, you know, if, if they're having problems with you doing things, you know, um, if you go and have time apart and you it for you, this is enjoyable. And the other person is, you know, texting you nonstop and doesn't respect it. Yeah. You know, so I guess that would be ability and expectations and also your partner's ability to to respect it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, think about those things. And it may, you know, especially in the beginning, like maybe you're both like having some trouble with it, but like it's it's cool to like talk about it and be like, Hey, like I love spending time with you. Like, but I don't want to lose myself in this and I don't want you to lose yourself. Mm. Let's like, you know, like I'm going to miss you tonight, but let's spend some time apart. Right. You know, and I did read quite a bit that your each individual person's ability to be apart is actually an indication that you're more compatible rather than not wanting or not being able to spend time apart because if you're not able to spend time apart that's infatuation it's not yeah ability yeah and And especially if there's like a lack of trust um in that you're like oh Mm -hmm. I need to like supervise this person Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, yeah another red flag for sure yeah so that was a pretty long list yeah (laughs) (laughs) we hope that wasn't boring to people but we also hope that, you know, you listen and that if you're dating right now, that maybe you start to think about some of these things. Mm-hmm. So now that you've heard us talk about it, and if you are dating or no, even if you're not dating, okay, yeah, a lot of people who listen, want do this to before you're dating actually is what we're about totally. to talk about. 100% <laughs> do it before you're dating, because then you're not attached to making this conform to <gasps> someone you're interested totally. in right now. So yes. yeah, um, all the single Oh, single ladies. Uh, cool. So. Right, so you're going, I want you to write down your top 20 desires and things you want in your next relationship and partner. Yes. Right. So I just, I do want to point out, and I'm glad that you said yes, dear. You could also add to that a list of things you want in your life. Not necessarily okay. for relationships and partners, sure, yes. because um, if you don't know what you want out of your life, um, you could possibly find a partner that prevents you from getting some of the things that it turns out you did really want, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. I mean, intentional living, baby, completely. Yeah. So, all right. So I, I would think these are two different lists, though. And then to start, oh, yeah. maybe think, say the top 20 things you want out of life. Yeah. And then the top, the top 20 things you want out of relationship and partner. Yeah. Yeah, Why not? The more lists, the better. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can even, yeah. Like you can also like do like 10 things for the relationship, 10 things for the actual partner, you know, and look at them kind of separately. 10 years from now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Whitney, who we're going to have on 
yeah. pretty soon. Next um, week. She has or a this wonderful week. system for this. Oh, is it a oh um <laughs> yeah coming so, up coming up real <laughs> soon um but she has a great way of doing this i'm sure she'll describe it on the podcast so um you know have a ha- keep an eye out for whitney's episode because she breaks it down into needs wants and desires but Fantastic. I'll, I'll leave I'm it excited there to ask her about that yeah. super um and but also i want to say that it is still easy to get caught up in the excitement of a new relationship when there's attraction and chemistry, even if you have this list, all right? Yes. So you need this list. You need mm-hmm. to know what's on the list. And then you still need to take things slow because yeah. like with, I guess we'll just call him laundry boy. Laundry boy. <laughs> so I had already made my list. And in fact, I think that I'd even showed it to him. And I knew that he didn't tick a lot of the things. I just, yeah. I knew, um, but I just, I got what, I think it was a good example of cognitive dissonance because once I got caught up in it, I, I just was able to like set these things aside. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. it's just, it's a combination of knowing what you want and then still being really intentional and conscious in the relationship yeah. and taking things slow and continuing to think about what you want as you go along with this person. Yeah. You know, is this fitting in? Are we having conversations about what I want? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, another way to like do this is to, um, to weight each item. So like oh, okay. one Ooh. item, may be a deal breaker that's worth five points, but another one isn't so much of a deal breaker. It's mm-hmm. worth one point. So like, okay. you know, um, and then you can have ones that are infinity points. So if you don't have them, there's like no way <laughs> they can t- they can get a high enough score, you know? Um, <laughs> what would be your infinity? Oh, an infinity? Uh, must like cats. Oh, Claire. I mean, obviously. So yeah, I'm not like the cats are not going and they're going to live till I'm 40. So unless you want to wait until I'm 40. To date me. In which case I'll probably <laughs> get another cat. But another <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah. So okay. I mean, that's like a silly example, but it isn't silly because I'm just not say. like deal breaker. Like you can't if you're not if you're allergic to cats, take some Claritin. Like mm-hmm. if you don't want to take some Claritin, we're not the right match. Like yep. that's fine. Um, to so the that's, left. To the left. Yeah, exactly. Move on. <laughs> find right. someone. No, that's a great. It's a good cats. example because it's highly practical and yeah. it, it's. Um, but it, and you know, important. It's gonna. Yeah. Make what or would break What would be one of yours? I think that. Uh, I guess someone who didn't want to travel, someone who didn't want to move. Um, mm-hmm. an orthodox Mormon, perhaps. When I, like, <laughs> You're like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, those would be a, a few things. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I mean, this is a perfect real life example of, of this because I think I yeah. have to think about, and I, as I'm sitting here talking about it, I think I, it might be good to come up with, you know, like your top five deal breakers. Yeah. Another, another one of my deal breakers is, which I always tell my partners is like, I never want anyone to tell me to shut up. Um, I that's very like yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's huge yeah and then I 
I don't know. I'd have to think a little bit more about yeah. this. So. I yeah. guess, you know, this list could tell you a lot about your traumas because I definitely yeah. have very specific things that people mm. are not allowed to do. Um, <laughs> so, well, and partners yeah. should respect that. Exactly. They should. Yeah. So, I think that the cleanliness thing would be a, a deal breaker for me and that uh-huh. seems small but i don't i don't think that i'd probably be yeah. able to be happy with someone who was overly yeah. overly messy yeah we are never going to be yeah. roommates no um, <laughs> so that's all right well i mean i guess another thing would be you know i really like having my own space so i guess someone yeah to exactly. right away would probably not you want, be you want like a um what are those uh are they condos or duplex like a yeah. duplex where it's separate and you're oh, like oh yeah yeah oh, you live yeah. very close to each other but mm-hmm. you're yeah you can like, have your I, own I'm space going to my room now yeah <laughs> possibly yeah possibly yeah. uh-huh Ooh, i'm gonna think about this Let, yeah. let's uh, definitely ask me about this uh, in another episode because i'm gonna come up cool. with my top five deal breakers Ooh, yeah all right so what are you know just before we finish here what are some ways to take things slow in the early days of a relationship like how do you make yourself do this um this honestly could be an entire episode, but we don't want to leave you hanging after diving right. so deep into the importance of taking your time. <laughs> right. so, Easier said than done. So yeah, yeah. I didn't want to just, exactly. you know, drop here's some, here's some, uh, here's some tactics. Um, so, you know, first learn about the person on the first date. And then consider how what you know about them fits into your life and relationship desires. And this is a big deal because um, if you're sharing all of the things that you want on the first date, they're going to know exactly what to say in order to be in there. So this Mm -hmm. is a time to, you know, um, like it's not necessarily that you're like, oh, don't tell them anything about yourself. It's more like you want to give out information in in stages. So, you know, you could say, oh, like family is really important to me on the first date. <laughs> but, you know, elaborate more as you get to know this person and as they've like proved that they're not just going to turn everything you say into like uh, an act. Yeah. So. All right. And oh, this is a good tip that I actually came up with. So space out the initial dates. Big deal. Yeah. And this, you know, is actually, you know, like kind of simple concept. Uh (laughs) But so if you meet someone that you're vibing with, um, make sure to space the dates out. See each other once a week or even every other week in the beginning. You do not need to start hanging out all the time. You don't need to start texting every day space it out see how the other person responds to the spacing out of things and um and see also if the chemistry is so good then see if it can you know last week to week only seeing each other once a week you know you'll know that it's real if you Mm -hmm. do this yeah definitely so also do a wide variety of things together in the beginning so you know don't get too comfortable and fall into patterns and mm-hmm. habits. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you want to be able to see this person in different settings. Yes. Um, with different I can people speak to this. And, yeah, well, exactly. I, with laundry boy, I fell, we fell into this pattern, which was actually really lovely of hanging out after work. Um, he really enjoyed cooking as a lot of people know, it's not really my thing. He would always cook a nice dinner. We would have friends over, hang out, you know, and then, you know, just have a really nice night have sex, you know, go to sleep. I mean, it, we, it was really fun and lovely and what yeah. lots of people in relationships would want, but mm -hmm. we just kind of started doing it all the time, which, like I said, it, it felt, it felt great. But then once we kind of took things to the next level and we were doing like, for instance, he went to work in London and I went over there to visit him. So like completely out of, you know, the norm, the norm of everything that we ha had been doing. And he just, he was very uncomfortable, for instance, like in public settings, like out in the city, you know, and that made me kind of uncomfortable because it just was like this different side of him. And just in different settings, he was just acting completely different. And I had just realized, you know, we had never really done this before really saying that we were in it for the long haul. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, definitely important yeah. to do, do all sorts of different things. Don't get into a pattern. Don't don't get boring people yeah. <laughs> too early, too early. Yeah. And like these examples are very personal. Like they're, you yeah. know, that doesn't have to be a deal breaker for you. You might be listening and like, wait, wait, what? Like, mm -hmm. of course you act yeah. differently in different situations, you know, but it was different. Um, it, it was different. Weird to me. Like, you know, yeah, I was just like, exactly. Seeing different yeah. 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 I, I can totally see. Cause it's like, wait, who are you then? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I so. mean, another example is, you know, when we were at home having these nice dinners with our friends over in wine, it was just, oh, so much fun. But then I know when we were in London one night, we went to this really fancy restaurant and it just, the same vibe just wasn't there at all. He just, he seemed, you know, very uncomfortable in the setting and, you know, thing, things that, you know, you would, um, experience with someone more early on and just yeah. know that you know like this is kind of like my jam you know being out doing this and for him it wasn't so yeah yeah I, mean, I don't if some people think that's petty that's that's fine it's just a, one example that I can think of yeah <laughs> yeah all right so another thing and I really I do want to stress this one hold off incorporating this person into your personal life too much at first okay mm -hmm. having a good date with someone doesn't mean you invite them out to your friend's happy hour or barbecue, you know, the next weekend or even in the initial months, you know, it doesn't mean you're bringing them around to your family things, introducing them to people right away. Um, once you start to do this, it can make it a lot harder to break things off once you realize that the compatibility isn't there as much as the chemistry. And that's one reason that people stay in the relationship is because they're kind of, they've integrated their lives. And so it makes it harder and more painful to cut it off. Yeah. I mean, to play devil's advocate though, okay. Okay. I think your friends are sometimes much better judges of uh -huh. who you're uh -huh. actually compatible with mm -hmm. than you when you're in that crazy phase. So like, okay. yeah, they shouldn't be coming to every friend hang hangout. Mm -hmm. um, but if you've been dating for a couple months, I would start having them come to some things. Okay. Not yeah. everything. More casual, maybe, yeah. you know, like to the bar. Yeah. Where people are hanging. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Cause you want um you want to give your friends the opportunity to yeah. be like, 
no, I don't well, and see I also it. think a couple like, of months in is perfectly appropriate. Uh, yeah. Maybe not a week in or yeah, within no, the first month yeah. that they're, you're doing everything together. But yeah, yeah, you're right. A couple months. Yeah, exactly. Because it can also become like kind of a a pattern, you know, if you're if you're casually dating people and you're always bringing a new guy, <laughs> you know, that's not great. Um you know, because then your friends just kind of get burnt out and they're <laughs> like, oh, hey, what's your name? Mm. I don't care. I'm not going to yeah. remember it because you mm-hmm. won't be here again, um, yeah. you know. And yeah, so I, I think there is a balance to strike, but I definitely wouldn't make it where you only ever see your friends if your partner can come. Yes. Like, yes. And more. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Claire, do you have anything else to say about chemistry versus compatibility? Uh, no, I mean, so much of what we said is just, you know, like knowing what your personal deal breakers are. Like yeah. we give you a lot of examples. Um, but the main point is that like, yeah, maybe, one, two, maybe three things you're, you're flexible on. Um, but when the number starts growing of the things that you realize you don't have in common and you're not Mm -hmm. on the same page about, like, those are really big signs. Um, and there's so many people out there. And I think I said this on a recent episode as well is just like, oh no, it was on our live. So, um, is that, trying not to hurt someone by breaking up with them and delaying that decision, you're not only preventing yourself from finding someone who is a better fit for you, but you're also preventing that partner from finding the person they're actually supposed to be with. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, like when you start seeing these things and you're like, okay, I, I think I know what has to be done. I just don't want to do it. I just want to delay it. Like I don't want to hurt them. Just know it's going to hurt them less in the long term to cut these ties sooner. And it it is, it it does suck. Um, yeah, yeah, for sure. And cutting thing, cutting things off is, uh, painful for everyone. I think it, um, sometimes it can help once you start to recognize some of these deal breakers and red flags. And Mm -hmm. again, I, I, really want to talk about this in the future I'm like I have here on my notebook like five, my five deal breakers um, yeah. so I think that when some of these things start to come up and again I did this with laundry boy is to think <laughs> how can I see what does this look like to me in a year from now you know or yeah. even two years from now and if you're really honest with yourself if these things you know if these things are real things about this person that you're already noticing, how likely is it that you're going to be that jazzed about being with this person in a year? And yeah. I know it sucks when you have the chemistry is why I wanted to do this episode because who wants to break something off with someone who they're having great sex with or who like yeah. they love getting together with? No, yeah. of course you don't. But yeah. if you want a relationship, it's, a part of being an adult yeah yeah oh I know it, it sucks but we want you to be happy we want your partner to be happy we want you to have mm-hmm. great relationships and um yeah this is one way to do it baby awesome <laughs> well right, well we love you all um leave us a review if you like this episode yes. um if you didn't uh you can skip the review <laughs> <laughs> you 
have a story about chemistry versus compatibility, we'd love you to DM us. If you have a breakup question, we'd love you to DM us. Let us know what you think. Hop on over to our Facebook group, Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On. And keep your eye on this space. We've got a lot of really cool content planned for you. We love you all, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to X-Files, a podcast about breakups, broken hearts, and moving on. If you like this episode, tag us on your Instagram story so we can connect with you. And you can find me, Claire, on Instagram at Claire Lottas. And me, Janice, on Instagram at Janice Formicella. If you'd like to join our online community, find us on Facebook at Breakups, Broken Hearts, and Moving On. And here's a preview of our next episode. There are parts of you that are just hardwired. Like the way I was raised in my attachment style is anxious. So I naturally am like a fairly anxious individual and have to process through my own anxiety around stuff. And I can have experiences with my partner now where something will be like, like a flag will go up in my head and I'll be like, oh my God, does he really love me? Oh my God, are we okay? Mm-hmm. And that's when I like allow myself like, okay, you can ask him once in a given day, are we good? And then you have to be okay with that answer. Yeah. And, and he and he knows, he knows now, like he's like, okay, honey, I have answered that question for you like twice already today. And like, yeah. we're not going down that because we're good. Because do you remember the answer I gave you? <laughs> do you remember, so, babe? <laughs>